Hi gorgeous, welcome to Fitness and Mimosas, a podcast of girlfriends from around the world who lift up each other, celebrate each other, and embrace our own definition of beautiful. So let's go ahead and put down our kettlebells, slide into a pair of sexy slitters, and have a great time. Welcome to the party! <laughs> Hi beautifuls, welcome to this week's Fitness Mimosas. This week we have the gorgeous Lisa Espinoza from Team Icon. Welcome beautiful! Well, thank you so much for having me. It's my <laughs> honor. Um, a little bit about Lisa. She's a nationally qualified bikini competitor, a certified personal trainer, and a fitness nutritionist specialist. Um, she's a coach of bikini and figure divisions and specializes in bikini in bikini posing. A um, little bit about me. In the past, I'm someone who's been just felt really self-conscious about my body and extremely awkward. And after no my... No why. <laughs> Thank you, beautiful. But after my posing session with the gorgeous Lisa, Lisa, I swear, it was like a veil fell away. Like, you made it... Oh, you stopped. Seriously. No, but like, seriously. That's awesome. <laughs> like, you just opened my eyes. So, beautiful, that's the beauty of posing with Lisa and just working with her. Like, you really are... You're just a phenomenal, phenomenal soul. So thank you for being uh, here. That's like too much for me. Who are you talking to? <laughs> no, you are. <laughs> no, I, that means so much to me because um, that you know that's really why I started what posing, you know, coaching posing was simply because when I started, nobody told me anything, mm. and I felt completely lost and not confident, and so I thought. I need to make sure I'm helping people, these women feel comfortable and like they know what they're going to be doing when they do it. So yeah, that was the whole premise behind it. So that's great. So how did you, so and my first question was going to be, can you share a little bit of your story and both like your business and your personal fitness transformation? So how Mm -hmm. were you able to go from like nobody telling you anything to seriously, you're like the queen of it now. How were you able to do Um, that? Well, you know, I, um, I honestly, I just soaked up information from anybody and everybody. Mm. And you're never going to have a perfect journey. So, you know, mine began with one personal trainer who was a close friend of mine. I learned so, so much from him. In fact, he, you know, kind of um, inspired me and kind of pushed me into, you know, not only uh, personal training, but then competing as well. But, um, so I learned a lot from him. Um, when that kind of fell away and, and we didn't work out anymore working together, um, I worked with another coach and another coach, and every single one of them I learned something different from. Mm-hmm. And I have just really been super fortunate to work with coaches who let me pick their brains, and I was just like, you know, why do we do this? Why is it like that? How can we? And I would just ask all those questions, and they were just so great to kind of take me under their wing and, like, teach me things. Um, My second coach and kind of um, one of my biggest mentors, uh, his name is Terry Placker. Mm -hmm. He's one of the top coaches in the country now. And um, he really just, he, his whole entrepreneurial um, story and just how he did things, the whole team aspect of it, that really inspired me. And that's kind of where it began because I was like, I loved the atmosphere. I loved the people that I didn't even know that were cheering me on. And this needs to happen for everybody. So uh, that kind of is what really inspired it. But yeah, I mean, I just really had a journey where I was able to pick up information from every single 
coach or teacher that I had along the way. Wow, that's awesome. So that's what inspired, like, so would you say that inspired both the business and your personal transformation, or was it more one side My personal transformation honestly came from my life, (laughs) my life story, and, um, you know, a lot of it stemmed from health issues and and being like, you know, I'm way too young to feel this bad, and I'm Mm. taking control of this. It also came from my uh, again, still part of my personal life, but my dad and his health and watching him transform from never being ill to being chronically ill for the last 20 years oh and just gosh. realizing um, I have to do better with my life and it's in my hands and I'm heading down that same path. So if I want to stop that, then it's, it's now. It's not, oh, I'll wait till I get sick. Because I think right. a lot of us do that. We kind of are like, oh, I'm healthy. I'm fine. I'm doing great right now. Right. But what we do today affects what we how we live 20 years from now. So that's a hard concept to live in daily. Like the choices you're doing now, you're making right now are going to affect you 20 years from now. So yeah, again, our journeys sometimes are inspired or motivated or kind of prodded in a certain direction by, you know, the bad things that have happened in our lives. And so a lot of that stuff came again from my dad and his his illnesses and him almost dying multiple times and just realizing I don't want to live that same path. And I know he doesn't want me to live that same path. So that's been part of my personal transformation. Also going from mentally feeling very weak and very vulnerable Mm. to, um, with working out, becoming mentally strong and mentally in charge and standing in my strength also allowed me to realize how much I loved business. And I didn't mm. think I was supposed to. Like, I think as a female, I was just kind of like, you know, we're supposed to just have jobs. Yeah. We're supposed to just be moms. We're supposed mm-hmm. to just be wives. And I was like, no, I'm kind of like a, I kind of really love business. I like the sharp side of it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and so I really started to kind of stand in that. and was like, okay, I want my own business. And I'm going to have this business and I'll have this business. And this is okay for me to do all this. Wow. And um, so that was part, like, that's all been part of that personal transformation that came along from the fitness transformation. It's incredible how it all links together, but it truly does. Like physical, spiritual, mental, emotional, it's all connected. Oh my gosh. I love, so how were you able to, because I think so many of us, like there will be a health scare or something will pop up and we'll be super motivated, right? But then we sort of Uh fall off. And especially as women, like the idea of like taking care of ourselves, it's just, Yes. Like, we have the best of and intentions, it, and then... Right, and it does, and it happens, and I, I tell clients this all the time, it's okay, and embrace okay. it for a minute, like, sit in it and say, it's okay for me not to go to the gym today, it's okay for me to wallow in self-pity today, yes. and it's okay for me to, like, rebel against this and have a piece of cake today, and what what we need to remember is it's what we do the majority of the time, rather than what we do that 1%. Mm. And not beating ourselves up over it because then you're just adding into the cycle of, I don't want to, I don't want to. When we take away that mentality of, I don't want to do this and start saying, or what I hear quite often, I have to, I have to, you know, and when we take away that mentality and start using, I get to, and I, you know, I am happy to, then it kind of changes our, our, our stance in it. But it happens to everybody where you lose, quote-unquote, lose motivation, and you don't want to go to the gym that day. Then I say, 
or for a small time, it could be three months, it could be six months where you just lose that. So what I say is reinvent it then. If you're tired of lifting weights at the gym, try going for a run outside. Does yoga mm-hmm. work for you right now? Does, you know, a fitness class work for you? Um, do you want to be in a group setting? You know, find what it is. Pick up a bike, go for a ride with your kids. Like, I don't care what it is, but stay physically active somehow, some way. And um, even just with when we stop all together, not only are we going to start feeling bad about ourselves, but just even what it ha- what happens scientifically inside our bodies, you know, you're, you're just asking for depression to sink in. Right. And um, so I just say to, to my clients, if that's the case and you're feeling a little, what I say, rebellious against working out and tracking and eating correctly, just know that, like, being physically active in some way, shape, or form is okay. It doesn't, and I think I got into that um, cycle, and I see clients get into that cycle. What? Oh, I have to go to the gym and work for two hours, or otherwise, what I've done is not worth not worth anything. Yeah, and that's not true. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and we we say, oh, if I don't work out for more than forty five minutes, it doesn't count, and that's just not the case. You have to give yourself credit for what you're doing when you're doing it. What about if you totally fall off it all together and you're not doing anything? What's the best way to start? You know, it's just starting with where you're at and taking small steps. Mm. So I tell clients all the time, you know, I feel like one of the biggest downfalls in um, personal training is that personal trainers ask too much out of people when they're just beginning. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have a client that comes to you and you're, they're they 300 pounds, and they've got 200 pounds to lose, and you want to throw them in a gym six days a week, and oh, yeah. they're terrified of going yeah. into gym because they feel so uncomfortable, you have to start with where they're at. Hey, yeah. today I just need you to take a walk around your block. Yeah. Tomorrow I just need you to make two walks around your block, two laps around your block. So it's starting with where you're at and with what you're comfortable with and what actually appeals to you today. So, and I know, I know that that kind of goes against what everybody else says. Like, oh no, you have to just make yourself do it. That's yeah. not reasonable. Right. It's not reasonable to expect great distances within one step. You can't do that. Yeah. So you work with so many different competitors. Have you noticed any trends about women posing and their awareness about their bodies when they start working with you? Um, I do see them, it's kind of a cool process, but I do see them go from, like, they're wearing, like, you know, t-shirts and shorts, and then they, you know, start taking the t-shirt off, and then they're okay in their sports bra, and then they're, yeah. then they're okay in their suit, and you can see the transformation come along at that process each week, where they're starting to feel more and more comfortable in their skin, and I love, I love, love, love seeing that, you know, yeah. I, I'll get clients who at first, they're just kind of, like, they'll, they'll send me a picture and it's just them lifting up their shirt a little bit to show me their abs. Next thing I know, a couple weeks later, they're flexing and showing me their back and their arm muscles. <laughs> like, yes, because you know that so much more than a physical transformation is happening. It's also mental. Like, yeah, I kind of feel good about myself right now. Yeah. And I love that. That's how women should feel. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I love it. So how early into prep should you begin posing? You know, for the majority of people, I usually say, honestly, you only need about eight weeks to okay. begin nailing down posing. Now, and it's 
funny because a good majority of women will be like, oh, it's my first show and I'm going to be really terrible at posing. They automatically think they're going to be horrible and awkward at posing. And I'll do one session with them and I'm like, you don't need 12 sessions of posing. (laughs) You know, you've already got this down and we're 12 weeks out. So I really say eight weeks is the ideal time to start. Can you talk a little bit about the mental aspect of competing and comparing yourself to the others that are on stage? Boy, that's the hard part. (laughs) Um, Boy, you know, it's, it's tough. It really is tough. And I do have long conversations with people. If they've never competed before and they come to me and they want to compete, we will have a very long conversation about what to expect mentally. It's Mm. very brutal. Um, Because you are on a stage being compared to other people, but at the same time during the process and the journey, you cannot compare your body to someone else's. You just can't. And you don't have that body. You've got your body. You have to make the best of your physique. There's so much that goes into it mentally too with, um, you know, you go through this process and it may not play out how you want it to play out. You may not, you may look the best you have ever looked and you walk away with last place. And mm-hmm. you have to turn around in that moment and say, this was a win for me because I look the best I've ever looked in my life. So there, that component of it is hard. After the show is hard. Yeah. And it's, I would say 99% of women do not handle post-show very well at all. Um, mm-hmm. They turn around and, you know, that was, again, the best you have ever seen your body look. It has, um, within one day, gone from absolutely shredded to the gills to being a softer version of that and five pounds heavier within a day. And you cannot maintain show day. That's not possible. You can't do it. Um, So I try to mentally prepare women ahead of time. This is how you're going to feel. But I try to remember and try, try to get them to remember to say, okay, you're not a week later and they feel very quote unquote fat after their show because they've had a few meals and they drink water and all of a sudden they put five pounds on. And I try to say to them, if you had seen your body like it is right now today, five pounds heavier from show day, if you had seen a picture of yourself one year ago, would you have been ecstatic to look the way you look right now? And they said, yes. Oh, that's a great way to look at it. And it, but it's, and it's true. You have to remember how far you've come and how great you look today. And show day is just kind of an anomaly. It's just a freak. It's just a one-day thing. And so embracing how it looks um, before that and how it looks after that is so important to longevity in the sport, too. So people, like, I think people know how to handle when they come in first place because you're excited. But how do you handle it if you come in last place? That's that's so hard because um, a lot of times, you know, there have been times where and I feel like I have a pretty decent eye at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll look at somebody and think, oh, yeah, they're a top call out for sure. Mm-hmm. And then they end up not getting top call out. And it's tough because you don't always know. And the unfortunate part is bikini is such a, um, you know, it's honestly, it's a personal opinion by the judge yes. whether or not they like your look. Yeah. <laughs> There's no hard cut criteria around it. So it's really hard for people to, to grasp that. But again, I think just mentally preparing yourself for what what is your why for doing it? Mm-hmm. And if your why is to grab a medal, that's probably the worst why you could have. Yeah. And it's also not going to create, you're not going to be in the sport for very long yeah. if that's the purpose. 
Um, but you, as long as your why is really strong and you can look back on that after the show is over and say, okay, my why is still intact and I am proud of myself for accomplishing this and I am proud of myself for getting this goal done or achieving this. You have to look at those parts of it as opposed to just focusing on it didn't go my way because there's another judge that would have looked at you that day and been like, oh, yeah, you were a fourth place to me. You know, yeah. So it's really it's so, so subjective. Yeah, that's so true. Um, what really inspires me the most? Oh, there's so many things that inspires me about you. <laughs> the what inspires me most <laughs> is I remember a post. You're gonna know what I'm talking about in a minute, but from um, yeah. Eric Thomas's Breeze <laughs> University group that we're in together, and this is a post of your posing studio. And you wrote in the post how, like, one year ago, you were renting out spaces at your gym, you were building your business from the ground up, people were saying, like, oh, it's not working, you know, and then now you are with your own posing studio. Like, can you talk a little bit about that, just about the process and what that felt like? Oh, yeah, it was, you know, I had the thought in my head because not there was not one of us that wants to go to a gym and pose at eight weeks out in a bikini <laughs> in front of strangers. <laughs> like nobody wants to do that. So right. it was the that was like the starting thought in my head was why aren't there people that do this in a private studio somewhere? Like this is right. so embarrassing. Um and I remember saying it to a few people, like, I kinda wanna build a studio in my house and it's centrally located and it's you know, it it would be nice because it could just be one on one. And I'm doing this quite a bit right now, um, but so many people are like, that is never going to work. You're never going to have enough business to justify that, and you're going to have to hire somebody. It's going to cost you thousands of dollars, and just you can't lay hardwood floor down on top of your carpet. You're crazy. <laughs> I mean, I heard it all. So many people try to discourage me about mm. it, and um, I just did it, and I did it myself, and I did it in one weekend. Wow. <laughs> and, um, I went to Home Depot, and I spent 200 bucks, and uh, I put together a posing room, and I did lay hardwood down on top of my carpet, and it has worked. Wow. Um, and, it, you know, my, my thought process, again, was just that, like, if, if you build it, they'll come. Mm. And um, if you believe in a dream and a, and a goal, and you keep working towards it, it's going to come to fruition. And I, so I just, I just did it. And I said, you know, there's no posing coaches in this area and I'm going to make sure that I am the best posing coach in this area and that everybody knows who I am in this area and they know where to come to. Because again, I, I went back to that whole, I was lost and mm -hmm. I had nobody to help me when I, when I started my journey. Yeah. And I don't, I didn't want that to happen. Um, so yeah, I just, I just decided one weekend to do it and yeah I found myself beyond busy um wow. with it in fact my partners you know I was I was posing up the last year at um, our local show the time of our local show I was posing about 15 girls a day wow and uh yeah it was it was That's crazy. crazy and I, I I should say one day because I would pitch one day a week and I would pose about 15 girls in that day yeah. and um uh, even my partners, they bring their clients over there, and they post them in there, too. So it has gotten very much $200 worth, yeah. Wow. Oh, that gives me chills, Lisa. Like, that's incredible. <laughs> what do you say to the person that's like, well, wait, I have a dream, you know, and I start working at it, but I'm not seeing the results yet. Like, I'm not seeing it come to fruition. Yes. 
The only difference between people who are successful and people who are not successful is that successful people never quit. Mm. So they never, ever stop. And even though it does not work, even though it you don't see the money like you want to see it right now, even though you're like, well, I've tried this for about two years now, keep going, keep doing it. Because at some point, somebody will believe in you. And all, that's all it takes. It takes one yeah. person to buy your service, to pay you for something, to you know buy into what it is that you're, you're trying to do. And then yeah. that person says something good to five people. And then that, you know, that spreads. It spreads like wildfire after that. But you just need one client that you yeah. treated really well and you added value to. And pretty soon, word of mouth will get around and they'll start sending people to you. So, yeah, I, that's, that's it, as simple as that. Don't quit. Just don't stop. I love it. So it's like you don't even have to think big. It's okay to, like, think small. Just think one. Oh, my goodness, that one. yes. I, that's exactly, you know, that's exactly kind of my journey, too, was I was just thinking, okay, I'm going to help these people. And then right. those people turned into more clients. And then it turned into, okay, now I'm going to build a posing studio. And then it turned into, okay, i got to get more partners now. And then it turned into this whole big team. And, you know, while I'm kind of focusing more now towards just helping females, mm-hmm. I can see this broader spectrum of yeah. it's not just, no, no longer is it just competitors, no longer is it just posing, it is lifestyle clients who need help just losing weight or having better relationships with food. I mean, it goes so much deeper and so much broader than what I had started out thinking. And yeah. that's pretty amazing, but, you know, God yeah. always thinks way bigger than we think. Wow, that's so true. What is the balance between juggling like family, life, health, and running the business? Like, what's the secret to that? Girl, when I figure it out, I will tell you. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't have a clue yet because I will be up answering emails at midnight sometimes because I forgot to get back to somebody. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, I don't know that anybody could ever have it 100% balanced. Yeah. Um, I try to stay as organized as I possibly can. And I also have to know my limitations. Yeah. That's hard for me because I want to make money and I want to take all clients on. Yeah. Um, but I also want to maintain my level of integrity with coaching. Mm-hmm. So I know where I have to draw a line and say, okay, I'm full, but I can send you to, you know, my partner. Yeah. And, um, that has been key for me to not overdo it because I do want to maintain that, that service that I give people. I don't want to compromise that. So while I could take on 200 clients, um, I'm not going to be able to give out the personal touch that I give out now. Yeah. And that is the one thing that has brought me all the clients that I've got. So I won't, I refuse to maintain, or to, um, I refuse to let that get, you know, changed yeah. or, or, or not give that same level out because that's what built me. Oh, I love it. So it's like you won't compromise that. Like you, you I stick won't to it. compromise that. So if that means I have to limit myself on clients and say I'm sorry, I can't take you, that's what I have to do. Yeah. And it's that's I think that's one of the biggest weaknesses, probably of most entrepreneurs, is not knowing when to say when. Yeah. Have you ever thought about doing like an info product on, about your posing? Or would no, you I have say- not. Okay. <laughs> not, not not to put something else on your plate, but, but I don't sometimes, know. Uh, sometimes I do, and I'm like, 
sometimes I think that the sport of competing is dying down a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I have kind of, like I said, I've kind of geared myself a little bit lately towards um, just helping women in general and just with weight loss goals and stuff. So I don't know, I don't know where that's all heading at the moment. I'm just yeah. like, God, please. What is what would you say is the importance of listening to you, like listening to your voice? Because it sounds like you have a strong inner presence and you've been able to tune into her very, very well um, versus the voices of others around you. Oh, gosh, that is everything. That is everything. Your mom will tell you you're wrong. Your dad mm-hmm. will tell you it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. Your husband, your boyfriend, your sister, your kids, I don't care who it is. They yeah. could be the closest person in your life, and they will turn around and tell you just out of, and not out of sight. If they have good, a good, you know, heart behind it, um, yeah, they're trying to protect you, but they don't know what's inside you. Not even the closest person to you. They don't know what you're capable of. They don't know what's in your heart. They don't know the level of passion that resides inside you. Only you can measure that. Only God can measure that. Mm-hmm. Um, so keeping your inner voice. First, I would say, well, first God's voice, but then keeping your inner voice first is key to being successful. It's key to just being you. Yes. Because if you listen to everybody else, you become them. You become a little bit of a mix of everyone around you. And that still will happen. But if you keep yourself first, you can stay true to who you originally are. What, like... What are some steps for someone who's lost their inner voice and they're in a place where they're like, Lisa, I don't even know who I am anymore. Like, I don't oh, even know. Oh, boy, that's so tough. That is so tough. I really, I feel like that happens to every woman. That yeah. happens to every woman. And it happens multiple times in our lives. It happens, I think, you know, especially in our teenage years, of course. But right. I think it also happens right at, like, 20. I think it happens when you have children. I think it happens when you get married. I think it happens, you know, in your 50s and, and so on. I just think it, it's different phases of our lives that we evolve and we're like, wait a minute, who am I in this evolution? Yeah. Who am I in this change? And so, um, I, I mean, for me personally, it was several times of hitting rock bottom mm. and being like, this is not who I am and this is not who I've been. She would never have accepted this. And so recall, sometimes it takes moments of anger to come back to that. And sometimes it takes moments of, like I said, hitting rock bottom to come back to that. And, but for me, it's always been my faith that it's just, that is who I am and it roots me in that. I love it. So like the network that you've built around you is amazing, you know, like from the caliber of trainers that you surround yourself with to nutrition specialists to the prayer group. What is the secret about finding a group? Like, how do you find a group that empowers you? Man, I, you know, first is uh, I got to give them props because they are amazing human beings. But I remember E.T. saying, and let me see if I can quote him correctly. So I, I remember Eric Donna saying once. When you are phenomenal, you attract phenomenal. Um, you don't have to ask people to be phenomenal. You will yeah. only attract phenomenal people. And um, I feel like once I rose my standards up to where I needed to be as a human being, those were the kind of people I started to attract around me. And I really, really, because I am a big pushover, 
So, and I love people way too much. Oh, me too. <laughs> I love Yeah. And so I have a tendency to let people linger in my life that don't need to linger. But then I feel bad. I'm like, oh, but we've been friends for That's such a long right. time. I kind of hate to end this friendship. Yeah. So I don't protect me enough for other people. So what I've learned as I get older, I am okay with protecting my space and saying, you're not, you're not um, benefiting my world at the moment with your negativity and so in order to protect my headspace in order to protect my heart I kind of withdraw from those people or don't let them be in my environment uh the one of the, the things I do the most of is mm-hmm. unfollowing people uh, yeah <laughs> because that's, that's energy that I, they're posting yes I bring up this energy inside me as I'm scrolling in, in something and if it brings up any kind of negative bad yucky energy if they're gone And I know that sounds really like, I don't know, maybe judgmental. No, I do that. (laughs) But it has to happen because if I'm bringing up a negative feeling when I see their post, why? Why do that to myself? So, And it's kind of the same thing with friendships. Like, while I don't just abandon people and just be like, get out of my life because you're not good enough, that's not it. It's more like you cannot be a vampire to my energy. I don't allow it. So when it's so more, I, sorry, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. Um, so when it's more like, well, online is still like person to person, but if it's something like someone that you see every day, it's hard to avoid them or someone like you've, that's been your friend for 15 years and you're evolving and that person isn't, how do you sort of broach that subject and part ways with them? I, you know, I don't know that I would, I actually um, have, have, maybe approach the subject as opposed to I just don't give them all of my time and energy and space. Okay. And so if it's somebody that I have to see quite frequently, I'll be there for them. I have a friend who we've been friends as long as I can remember. And, um, she is, you know, kind of a negative energy type person and, um, wants to complain about her life all the time, but doesn't want to hear anything from anybody else. Yeah. That kind of person. And so what I do is I listen to her and I give her positive um, feedback and influence in her life. I try to be a positive influence for her, but I don't I don't sit there and wait for um, her to be that to me. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? I'm yeah. not I'm not giving expectations for the friendship. So then there is no negative energy. Um, I give her my time and attention for a couple of minutes. And then I pull back and I'm like, okay, well, I have to go or this has to happen or, you know, whatever. But um, so I'm there for her. But at the same time, I'm not giving expectations of her being there for me. So I don't feel let down. And because I also um, cannot engage on a deeper level with her. Mm. So I guess... Not really in the flip side of things, but when my, um, so when my little brother died, like so many people supported us. Um, but something I hadn't thought about is like the amount of people that I knew that I guess they didn't know hand to hand, I didn't know what to say that sort of walked out. So it's like I lost him, who was my soulmate, my absolute soulmate. But at the same time, I lost so, like, there's people I've known for years that just, yeah. Disappeared. Isn't so, that shocking? Isn't it shocking? Yeah, it is. You just know, I've actually had. Yeah, I mean, I had a best again a best friend of mine for my whole life. Um, you know, tell me that my dad's chronic illness is not an excuse, 
And it, I, I have used that excuse too many times was their exact word. Wow. Um, you know, whether it be I'm falling apart today because he's not doing well and I just need to not talk to people today. Um, many people don't understand that. And so they don't want to be in that. They don't want to be in the trenches with you. Right. And you identify that during those times. It's so hard. And like I said, it's shocking to me. Yeah. Sometimes because you think you've got such a deep relationship with somebody and yeah, they, they fail. So like, what do you do when you're, when you're vulnerable and someone like you need help ground and someone leaves you there? Do you have any tips for that? You know, I, and I probably something I've, I've learned massively from ET is not having expectations out of people that Mm. I cannot, um, rely on to provide those expectations. And so I think at this point, you know, no matter what you do, it's going to hurt. But it's okay also to say, you know what, that hurt, um, and I'm going to let it hurt, but I'm going to pick myself up and I'm going to move back on. And just understanding that that was the expectation I put on that person. Mm. It was not obviously what they felt like they needed to give me. Oh, so powerful. So talking about um, E.T., he, or Eric Thomas, he talks about a lot about honoring your craft. Um, what does yeah. that phrase mean to you? You know, it means um, whatever I love, whatever my craft is, whatever my passion is, that I honor it by working at it relentlessly until it's as perfect as I can make it be perfect. Mm-hmm. And it never attains, I'll never achieve perfection in it, but continuously working for that perfection mm-hmm. is, to me, what honoring your craft means. Knowing everything you can know about it, working relentlessly hard on it, and not quitting on it. Amen. What would you tell women in your industry about business and their dreams in general? Get after it, girl. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like I'm in a male-dominated business industry. Yeah. Um, I think the fitness industry is very male-dominated. Oh, yeah. And um, I have been really fortunate, you know, in my area where it is male-dominated that these men have really oh, welcomed me with open arms and have taken me very seriously. But I think part, there's, there's a few reasons for that. So um, whatever industry you're in, be all in. Be mm. knowledgeable about it. Um, don't hide from, you know, you got to read. you got to read, 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 read. You have to yeah. read and you have to know everything you can know about it. So you've got to be knowledgeable so that way you can stand up to those big guys and say, hey, I, heard, I know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And you can't be intimidated at the fact that you're a female and that they're a male. Mm. So, um... I feel like business in general is just so geared towards men and it's such, even being an entrepreneur, I feel like everything, it's all success. You always see pictures of men in suits, but Mm -hmm. it is, women are a force, a force to be reckoned with when they believe in themselves and when they don't hide from their power. What does it mean to you if you think about like doing business like a woman? Like, what would that what would that mean to you? <laughs> you know, I think so often people, if you say that, they will think of like an Etsy shop where a woman's like selling jewelry. Yeah, and not that there's something wrong with that. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what people think of when they talk about women being business. Um, so I think, you know, I just think that we have to get past the stereotypes of that women are not as powerful as men. 
Mm. What? So my like big thing lately is if you look at fitness, you're right. It is so male dominated. And a lot of the fitness uh-huh. protocols, they were created by men. You know, a lot of popular trainers are men. Yes, there's some women, but a lot of them are men. What do you think yeah. fitness will look like if the founding females in fitness women like Halle Berry, Eva Longoria, and Beyonce, or like if it had a feminine spin on things, what do you think fitness, the industry, would look like? I, you know, what's funny, I think it would look a lot less sexualized. Yes! I think women would cover themselves up a little bit more, mm-hmm. and I think that they wouldn't post quite this overly, you know, overtly sexual pictures that are posted now. Yeah. And I think it'd be more focused on just women being women mm-hmm. and empowering each other as opposed to look at my body, it's better than yours. That's so interesting because I've been thinking lately it's sort of like sexualization is sort of very manly type of thing versus sensualization yes. is very female. You know? Yes. Yes. What advice would you give to your 11-year-old self? And then what advice would you give to your 21-year-old self? Oh, boy. Um, so that 11-year-old self question always makes everybody cry, doesn't it? Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's a deep one. You know, um, I would tell her two things. And I would tell her first to begin, I would say, you have to love all that you are and love all that you are not. You were uh. chosen to be you. So that means all the bad and all the good. Yeah. Um, I think the other thing I would tell her is that you are whole just as you are on your own. Um, you're whole no matter who is in your life or who is not, who professes their approval of you or who doesn't. Mm. You're valuable and smart and worthy, and it's okay to be smart. It's okay to be smart. I just remember always thinking to myself, no, you know, women are supposed to, you know, I just think that there was always this stigma that women are supposed to just not be smarter, better, mm-hmm. faster, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, more muscular, yeah. <laughs> not stronger than, yeah. than men. And so it brings up the stigma of, well, if I am those things, I better, I better quiet that down. Um, you know, and I always think of that, do you know that quote, our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate, our oh, deepest yeah. fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. When I heard that whole entire passage, the first time I read it, I thought, that's clearly about women. It's yeah. so clear, because we just, we will suppress who we are, so we don't put off other people that feel insecure about themselves. And that's what we have to stop doing. How do we stop doing that? Take off the mask. Let it shine. Let it mm. shine bright for everybody around you to see. Because just like the end of that passage says, you know, when we allow that to happen, we actually free others to be like, you know what? I can do that too. <laughs> yeah. I can be strong too. Yeah. I can shine bright. I can be loud. I can, you know, and it, yeah. it allows other people to be liberated to do those exact same things. Mm. I love it. Oh, so many diamonds. <laughs> so many diamonds. I don't know who ever wants to hear me talk because I could talk all day. <laughs> no. I like a lot of nothing. No, I love it. I love it. So let's see. That was 11. What, what advice would you give to your 21-year-old self? Oh, uh, girl, focus. 
focus on you, focus on working, focus on building an empire now. Mm. Don't play around anymore, you know, and I, at that very time in my life, at 21, it was very lost. I think most females are at the age mm-hmm. of 21. Very, very lost. Mm-hmm. And I wish I had just taken that time to really focus. You know, a lot of the good things I did for myself at that time was I traveled kind of everywhere. Oh, and wow, awesome. that was the best stuff I did for myself, me and a girlfriend. We'd travel everywhere. And I should have done more of that and less of, you know, worrying about boys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and well, I think we've probably all been there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. What does the word femininity, what does that mean to you? So, you know, to me, femininity actually means strength. And I don't think that we um, kind of uh, relate those words together. Like strength doesn't necessarily go with femininity. Mm. But in my mind, it totally does, you know, in order to be soft, you know, and then we think mm-hmm. women are the soft place to fall in the world. And in order to be yeah. soft, we've got to be strong. In <sighs> order to be beautiful, we have to be strong enough to love ourselves first. Yes. In order to be forgiving, we have to be strong enough to carry grace. And in order to be confident, we have to be strong enough to be humble. You know, in order to be happy, we have to be strong enough to seek gratitude in everything. And I think those things all equal beauty. Oh. You know, so it really all goes back to strength. And the Bible talks so in depth about, you know, our inner, you know, our, our inner beauty radiates to the outside. And it's so true. It's so, so true. But all of that goes back to being strong enough to do those things. Oh, I love it. I'm giving you snaps, Lisa. (laughs) I love it. Oh, thank you so, so much. So where can the audience connect with you? Where can we find out more about you and about Team Icon? Yeah, so we have a website. It's www.team-icon.com. You can find me on Instagram, Lisa Espinoza underscore Team Icon, or on Facebook, Lisa Espinoza. We also have a Facebook page that Team does, Team Icon. Cool. And so, readers, just so you know, ladies, I'm going to have all her links listed below in the show notes as well to make it super, oh, thank you. super easy. So thanks so much for coming. Thank you so much for inviting me. It was so much fun. You know I love you. <laughs> I love you, too. I love you, too. Well, thanks, beautifuls, for joining us with this You're week's... You're so welcome. <laughs> thank you, Lulu. Anytime. Thanks. Thank you, ladies, for joining us for this week's Fitness and Mimosa. Remember to not only make life beautiful, but to be your own definition of beautiful. So I'll talk to you next week, and I hope you have a beautiful, beautiful day. Hi, gorgeous. If any part of this podcast made you go, yes, girl, yes, girl, yes, (laughs) please rate this podcast and leave a review below. This is a sisterhood, and the more we support each other, the more we get to stand together. To test out more booty building workouts, get your free six-day booty transformation guide at bombshellbuttlift.com. And in the words of Coco Chanel, you can be gorgeous at 30, charming at 40, and irresistible for the rest of your life. Love you. Have a beautiful day.